Welcome back to December 19th, 2018. This is Daily Grind with me, Alex Pshinanikov. And we're going to talk about a couple pretty interesting topics for startups and for enterprise people. Yeah, we're somehow going to to mix those two together. The first one, the first topic is really cool. Uh, It's about... The perspective. It's about the importance of actually having a very basic perspective of things. Because in so many cases, when you start working on your idea, and especially when you're many months into development, or you're many years into working in your company, you start being so biased and so fucked up that you can't really logically comprehend what's going on and where all this stuff has to go especially if you have your own funding like if you have your own funding source if you're funding it out of your pocket that's where the trouble comes because you no longer uh respond to anyone right this is your money you do it your way and the example that i wanted to give you here is is a pretty cool one it's uh when a truck and a friend told me about this. I'm not sure if it's a real story. Well, I'm sure it's a real story, but maybe he saw it in a movie. I didn't see it. And the story, you know, is really cool that a truck uh, had an accident on the bridge. And, you know, just like in Hollywood movies, they show us that the truck is hanging over the bridge. It's almost falling down into the river. And all the man, all, 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 the, all this musculine, you know, real man, they're just running around trying to figure out ways to do it they're pulling it back you know with all you know all they've got maybe they're you know hooking it up to some cars and trying to pull it out of that uh, of the hole in the bridge that it's falling through and then there was this this little kid uh he's just standing there observing the situation and what he's seeing is not pretty because the the truck is about to fall down into the river for sure. And everyone understands this. And you know, and all the men are running around it and they know it's going to fall down. It's just maybe, you know, just God could intervene and maybe then it would stay on the bridge, but it will fall down. And they just can't stop running. They keep running and running and they keep coming up with ideas of how to pull it out. And that's all they're focused on, how to pull it out. What force could they possibly add into the equation so that the truck would stay on the bridge? And this little kid, he's on this bicycle or something. He's just standing there in the corner, just watching all this stuff. And that was like that, that there's a moment when he understands that, well, maybe he should say something. So he rides his bicycle right to those guys and I don't know and he has a very tiny voice he's probably calling out for one of those guys and says hey mister hey mister and they're like what kid see see we're busy don't you see we're working on this thing this truck is about to fall down and all he says is sure just wanted to say deflate the tires what deflate the tires and everyone's like oh shit we should have deflated the tires. <laughs> Such a simple solution that's been in front of you all this time. Just didn't pay attention because you were too focused on 
trying to find the force outside of what you have, the force that you do not possess at this moment to pull this thing out because somebody, somebody, some, well, someone out of that whole team of men suggested that they needed to find something to pull the truck out. That was a leader who set up the task so high that everyone was looking up at it and everyone was like, yeah, that's the task that nobody was questioning the task. Everyone was just doing it because the sense of urgency and the sense of urgency is one of the most critical thing, you know, things about the story that you cannot operate in the sense of urgency. Uh, I mean, you can, but you think you have a bet, you know, you think you have the best plan. You think you have the best people. You think you have the best uh, resources. But then sometimes it just takes, you know, takes one idea like deflating the tires to save the situation. Like I know in many cases with uh, young companies, especially not just young companies, actually, I'm just thinking about this. Sometimes just you know just entertaining the idea of uh laying people off you know with sad people off and a lot of ceos for example they would not even you know think about this as a strategy but actually in many cases even for successful companies in order to pivot or in order to jump to another level you do need to lay people off and nobody likes to do that that's why because it's out of the comfort zone because it's such an obvious thing People are in front of you all the time, but all you're trying to do is you're trying to save the situation by introducing some outside forces into the equation and you're just putting all your resources into that. All you needed to do was to deflate the tires. And after that, look for that force, pull that thing out and inflate the tires again. Uh, I hope you get the message. Okay. Moving on. So you know that I'm a fan of uh, all things boxing and MMA. And I was watching this compilation just the other day. It was pretty cool. It was compilation. This compilation called, it was called uh, How Fighters Time Each Other. Timing in, in uh, martial arts is when you're in sparring or you're in, in, inside the fight. And one of the fighters just starts noticing patterns in the movement and in, in the hits that the other one uh, is throwing. And uh, he times those those hits. So every every strike, uh, every strike comes with, you know, certain pattern. And that other player basically calculates, okay, so now he moves this way, so that last time he moved the other way after that, and then he, he hit me. And if that pattern repeats a couple of times, that's how the fighter Who's, who's timing that one, that's how he knows that that hit is coming and so he can adjust. But basically, that compilation was about fighters timing their opponents so that they could counterattack. So instead of defense, they were suddenly going into offense and uh, knocked those people out. This made me think of another very important uh, moment about pretty much any change that happens to a company to a business you need to learn to take a hit before you convert uh, just think about it every conversion every new leap of faith every new 
stage and you know every new opportunity that you decide to pursue it involves risk right but risk is how you do everything every decision is a risk non-risky actions produce low impact outcomes like taking a job for example is a low low risk action but taking a founder's job without pay working your ass off for many years to make something happen is a high risk action because you never know if something's going to work out or not and you just spent a couple years of your life so factor in a family you're in for a very high risk investment higher the higher the risk the higher the outcome has to be but what i noticed in that video which is extremely important is that those guys were not just timing their opponents they were ready to take the hit every time uh every time those fighters knocked their opponents out before they did that they actually took a couple of hits so they would be sure that that's exactly what's happening that that's exactly the pattern they noticed so they took a hit and well, they had to withstand it because, well, both boxing and MMA, especially in MMA, you know, one 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 hit like that could knock you out, and you got to be ready. But because they were ready, because they knew that, you know, they could dump, you know, dumper it a little bit probably, uh, or soften it a little bit for them. Maybe that's how they do it. I don't know. I I haven't done it in in the ring, but uh, that's how I think they do it. Uh, they voluntarily let they invited this this hit right they voluntarily let the opponent hit him in the face or liver or whatever just to make sure that that's exactly what they noticed and that's exactly what's happening and after and usually it took them one or two times to to basically be sure that that's exactly the pattern once they made sure that that was the pattern they they, they strike back and uh, every time they were knocking those opponents, their opponents out. With startups, with companies, just on a daily basis, you have to be ready to take the hit. Again, like this, this is a very unpopular example, but you have to be ready to lay key people off, for example, in order to move to the next stage. Like when you're converting uh, from, like for example, like Techery. We are actually going through that phase right now when we had to lay people off in order to convert our company from being a service provider into a product company. Uh, we are still a service provider, but this is going to be on a different level now. Just completely different level. We are like product-oriented service provider uh, in this regard because it's time. It was time to move on. And the contracts that we had were pure service contracts and this is something that we wanted to end and we wanted to start a new chapter and it involves a lot of things really um like you can you, you can have any examples not just in tech companies really any any company you start noticing a pattern that's not really good for you but that's exactly how you time your opponent and that's exactly how you come up with a strategy to strike back and knock this life out, knock this problems out, knock this regulations out, and stuff like that. So it's again, it's it's you know we're talking about the sense of urgency, not being the driver. Sense of urgency has to never be the driver in any situation because when you 
feel the sense of urgency, that's when you start making stupid mistakes. Uh, it's okay to make mistakes, but making stupid mistakes is not okay. So disregard sense of urgency completely. Uh, always know where your red button is. Red button is when you basically unstripe everything. <laughs> uh, it's when you know you know that that's your safe button. Okay, you have to lose everything in order to build everything. I guess that's that that would be the the right thing of saying this, but. The sense of urgency is a bad driver. The good driver is uh, always being in the process of timing the blows, timing the strikes, timing the hits in order to move in an unexpected way and knock this life out. And now comes a story uh, about the founders. This is really, you know, this is really something that we can learn from because it didn't happen to us, it happened to somebody else. Uh, this happened to, and these are two parallel stories, basically. They're absolutely identical. Uh, as Because they're identical, I see that this is a pattern. So the story is, uh, you know, is a pretty, pretty simple one, right? Uh, there were two guys, let's call them Dave and Joe, uh, who were in real estate, just working in real estate companies. And there were another, that was another couple. Well, not couple, but just two guys. Let's call them, uh, let's call them Jack and Russ. They were, in, they were attorneys. So those two groups of people, man, they decided to create a company, their own companies. So first guys decided to form a real estate company and uh, the other guys decided to build a an attorney attorney practice and they both did and uh, they were successfully working for a while so what was happening is that in in the case with uh, with real estate uh, Dave and Joe started to work together basically as agents and uh, initially the idea usually comes from one person, right? I mean, it's not just like two person, two people just meet up and uh, simultaneously come up with, with an idea. It's usually one person who comes up with that idea. Why? Because that person sees an opportunity and he needs to partner with somebody. That's, you know, that's how it usually happens. Uh, because he needs support or he just wants to be in good company or, you know, just have fun or whatever. And he just feels that he wants to share this with somebody he uh, trusts and cares for. So whatever. They started the company and Joe started, uh, in a, you know, at a lower position in terms of sales. So his, his sales were, were not really impressive initially. While... Dave was doing really good. He was really he was doing really good, and he was pulling uh, pulling the company forward. They decided initially to split all profits 50-50. and that's what was happening. So initially, Dave didn't have a problem with Joe not making much money for the company. He was still you know splitting the profit with him 50-50, even though he was the driver uh, for the most most of the time. But over time, uh, Joe cut up, cut up to speed, and he started bringing in leads that were really good. And those leads started converting. Uh, he was shooting for a bigger market, for a more, 
for wealthier market initially. See, he started selling more expensive houses. And obviously, for more expensive houses came more uh, lucrative profits. And uh, because, well, they were both honest guys, he started sharing just like they they decided, splitting the profits. And everything was went well until Dave realized that, and Dave was the one who, who decided to form the company. And Dave realized that uh, he's not, he is now number two in his own company because his profits, his, his earnings are not as good. So he were, he was working hard, but something was growing inside. Something was growing inside. And, and he, he came up with a contract, came up with a lead that was a really, really good one. And they were in this company for a couple of years, but then, so he came up with this lead that was really big, like bigger than anything they've had before. And the deal was really promising. So naturally, Joe was expecting the deal to close and uh, for them to split the profit, but that wasn't, that wasn't Dave's plan anymore. Dave sensed the opportunity. He smelled big money and uh, something clicked in him. And he started to renegotiate with Joe. He started to renegotiate in a way that was pretty shitty uh, by basically giving him, I think, 10% or something instead of 50. And Joe, as his friend, he accepted it. He said, you know what? Let's do it. It's fine. I mean, it's your deal. If you want to renegotiate now, let's do it. But he already knew that this partnership is probably going to shit because, you know, this is just not the right thing to do. Now, call it karma, whatever, but the, the lead, the prospect, uh, somehow Matt, Joe, Joe wasn't looking for that meeting, but that lead wanted to meet all partners before he moved on. And he liked Joe so much. He you know, he was really into him. Uh, well, in terms of like friendship and stuff, just, you know, on the, on the energy level, uh, he liked Dave, but Dave was a just a professional who introduced him to the house, but he didn't really manage to bond on this, you know, in this energy level while Dave, while, while Joe, I'm sorry, Joe did it in the, you know, in the blink of an eye, because he is just that kind of person. And, uh, you know, people love him. So what did, you know, they fell. The, the the client, this this prospect, fell in love with with Joe. Uh, I mean, not as love, love, not in, in not in a romantic way. He fell in love with the guy. You know, he loved everything. You know, he talked about. They had so much in common. Uh, the energy was there. So he said, "You know what? I want to do this deal with you, Joe." I don't want to do it with Dave. This is my my decision. I mean, you have nothing to do with it. It's just that, you know, I want to do it this way because I want to do it right. This is a big purchase. I want this house to close, but I want it to close the way I want it to close. So, Joe, this is your deal now. So, what Joe does, she says, sure. I mean, how could he say no? And uh, he takes that deal away from Dave, uh, but they're still partners. So he closes the house, they get paid, and what Joe does is that he splits the profit 50-50, just like they agreed initially. And 
the next morning he tells Dave that now they go separate ways so he did the right thing he made his case uh, clear and uh, he made a decision to split and he went to work for a, for a big company but those other guys uh, the attorneys they had very very identical situation just like this one just in the attorney business in, in their own vertical and they separated too because of something of something like this so the moral uh, of the story is that uh, looking back I can say that having three partners instead of two is much better I mean this third element always balances things out you know somehow especially if you have three different people and uh you know this is also a very interesting point to uh should you start your companies with friends or should you start your companies with people you barely know my i mean i was lucky enough to start my companies with people who i knew well but we weren't friends so we developed friendship during you know the, the work uh doing working together but we have this this special kind of friendship it's not that friendship that you you know you build when you're in the childhood or something like that or you know just your buddies you drink beer together and whatever uh, you have experiences you you know go to the mountains together and stuff we do all that uh but not as much as you know like real friends do we do all that to keep you know things real to not being like fucking robots or something but this bond is professional and that's how we keep things uh sober right so this founder sobriety i think is really important and having three people you know is just so beneficial to having two partners that could end up like dave and joe or russ and what was the second made up name i forgot but basically you get the point that if you do it like that especially if you do it as friends make sure that you talk about all that stuff beforehand talk about all possible situations okay we're going to act like that if this happens we're going to act like that if this happens this is really really important because you could be in for a very bad situation uh if you don't talk about that beforehand all right that's all i had for you today if you like what you hear, don't be an ass and do three things one after another, please. First, click like. Second, click share and add your comment if you wish because, well, this is actually one of those topics and one of those places where comments actually matter and comments actually help other people. It's not just like comments on YouTube where it doesn't actually matter or comments on Instagram when you have a post with 200,000 likes and comments there and you add your comment to the mix that's for you that doesn't matter here comments do matter because I don't have a lot of uh, subscribers and even when I do uh, people would still be looking at comments for answers and for different perspectives because my perspective is as much as it's objective it's still biased so every comment matters every like matters and uh, hey uh, the third thing is click subscribe because if you want to hear more of me talking about you know the stuff nobody else is talking about well click subscribe and don't forget to turn on the no notifications 
And one last thing, I know I said three, but this is the fourth and very important thing I need you to do. Have a great life. I'll see you another time. Bye.